This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Oh, we got lots to do inside this edition of the show. We'll talk about Eli. We'll talk a little football. And we got some other stuff as well. Let's go to work. Throwback Thursday edition of ESPN New York Tonight, along with Giselle and Nikki. We're here to talk to you about things going on in the world of sports. And I was just saying to Carlin, and once again, I'm going to rename his show. So I was just saying to Carlin, damn it, that, um, why am I a Mets fan? I sat, I was driving and listening to him, and I was just like rubbing my head. I was just rubbing my head like, like, <sighs> this guy could be the best guy, but at the wrong time. You know what I mean? And I, I hope it works out. It would be great. It would be great for a Met decision to work out the way it's supposed to work. It would be. It would be great. I would love to sit here, and I, 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 I don't feel terribly about it because, you know, I know the options, and I understand that this Met team was not going to pay Buck Showalter what Buck wanted, was not going to pay Dusty Baker what Dusty wanted, was not – the only person they might have paid, which is why Carlin – you know, made made him an option is Terry Collins. Now they would have paid Terry Collins because Terry's with the organization and everything. You know, it's, it's a little different. But bringing somebody else on the outside in—that's why Joe Girardi didn't have a press conference here, but went down the turnpike and had it in Philadelphia. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this turns out well. But just like I said to you last night, and Carlin agreed, it's different when you're the guy. When you were the player's guy and now you're the boss and all the players that he played, that, that played for him want to see how and if he's changed. That's what they're going to want to see. Has he changed? Is he, is he, is he going to be the fun loving guy that we could talk to before? I hope it works out. I really do. I really do. Our Twitter poll question tonight. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Now that Eli and CC are retired and Henrik Lundqvist is on the bench riding out his career with the Rangers, who is going to be the next forever New York athlete? Could it be Daniel Jones, Eli's replacement? Could it be Pete Alonzo? First baseman for the Mets. Could it be Sam Darnold, Jet quarterback? Or could it be Aaron Judge, who I felt a couple in 2017 was headed kind of that way? Injuries and, and there's a lot of things that affect it. Availability, obviously, your team around you, but, and, and understand, there's other people I wanted to put on here as, uh, Giselle and Nick and I were talking during our pregame, but you know, Twitter only has four options for these polls. I mean, I wanted to throw, uh, you know, Giselle mentioned Panarin could be thrown in there. Kako could have been thrown in. RJ Barrett could have been tossed in there. Saquon Barkley could have been put in there, but I only had four choices. Okay. So if you have another choice, feel free to call me at 1-800-919-3776 or Hit me on Twitter and tell me what your person would be. Now, we're, we're at an, we're at an interesting time here. And, and the reason why I thought about this is all the conversation that we're having. We're in the middle of, 
you know, Derek Jeter coming off the Hall of Fame, and uh, he was on the Michael K. Show. We'll share that with you. Uh, so we had some of that. We have him. We have just an era of sports in New York that other than the Yankees has not really been that successful, right? I mean, okay, yeah, we had the Mets go to the World Series in 2015. The Knicks have been like, ugh. That's what the Knicks have been. Ugh. All right, Brooklyn, we'll see what they do when they get their pieces together. Maybe they will turn some things around. But really, the most consistent group of folks that have really kept the the New York, you know, banter growing has been the Yankees. So where are those players going to come from? You know, where, the, where are the really fabulous players locally? I'm saying among our teams. I'm not even talking national, but I'm talking locally. Where are the really, really big-time possible Hall of Fame guys, the next forever New York athletes are going to come from? And you look at the teams right now and you say, well, you know, it's not a lot out there. <laughs> it just really isn't. It's not a lot. So we want you to participate in our poll. Also, we will be, as I mentioned, sharing some of the interviews we had today. We got a ton of stuff that we want to get your thoughts about, and we'll share that with you. Uh, we begin with Derek Jeter. Now, Derek Jeter on the Michael K. Show was asked, and this is an interesting question, and I'm going to tell you it is as Derek Jeter as Derek Jeter can be. He was asked, what's the most important, what is he most proud of in his career? Check this out. Uh, winning. That's it. Bottom line. Um, you know, that's why you play the game. I was fortunate to play for a long time. I was fortunate to play on one team, the only team I ever wanted to play for. And you're playing to win. And, uh, you know, we, we won five championships. And then I still think about the ones that, that, that sort of slipped away. But, uh, you know, it's, it's winning. That's, that's what you play the game for. Not what, what watch I'm wearing. <laughs> Not what shoes I'm wearing, not uh, what my, what's my next contract, although I'm sure he was wondering what his next contract was going to be. But still, it was winning. And for him, that's what it was all about. And, you know, there are so many athletes today who want to win, and I'm not saying they don't. And I agree, and Don LeGrecca made a great point on the K-Show earlier. When he said some of today's athletes are really, they seem to be more about the brand. They seem to be more about, you know, pushing themselves. And with Jeter and that group of players that were in that run, uh, the brand was the team. Their brand was the Yankees. And their brand was continuing the winning tradition that the Yankees have had over time. And that's what they did. And he was a big part of that. And so those were the things that you, that you really, really respected about that team. You, you didn't like them. Okay. All right. As a Met fan, I didn't like the Yankees, but I respected them because of how they carried themselves and their ability to win and beat teams kind of methodically. And that's what that group of players did. Derek Jeter, you know, I've always said about him, and I'll say it again, that he should be um, conducting classes at the new school for athletes on how to behave in New York <laughs> and not get in trouble, especially now with Twitter and 
and, uh, you know, all the Instagram and Facebook and everybody that's got a phone has a camera and you are always on, you are always on stage, <laughs> always on stage. So how, how did he do it? Well, look, everyone makes mistakes. You know, everyone uh, <clears throat> faced with difficult situations. And I, I always just tried to surround myself with people that would help keep me out of trouble. And, and look, I, 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 talked about this years ago my going into my second year daryl strawberry sat me down and he told me what to expect and he shared with me some of the mistakes he made and and i've always just relied on other people's experiences and i think that's how you learn both good and bad so yeah i I think i'd like to think that uh you know i had a great support group around me that that helped me through some of those times 1-800-919-3776 bunch of things for you to comment about if you want to continue the conversation about eli in the hall of fame we can do that we can do that. I'm just telling you, for me, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got two rings and he's got two MVPs. He's a Hall of Famer. For me. You may disagree. It's okay. We'll, we'll discuss it. All right. We'll talk about you. We'll talk about Eli. And we'll get, get your thoughts on our poll. Who's the next forever New York athlete on our poll? Is it Daniel Jones, Pete Alonzo, Sam Darnold, or Aaron Judge? Or... If we didn't miss somebody that you wanted to have. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's Throwback Thursday on ESPN New York Tonight. Here we go. GQ. So here's our question. Who is the next forever New York athlete? On Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, or on the phone. And once again, before you folks get your heads turned around like The Exorcist starring Linda Blair... There's only four options when you put a poll down on Twitter. Okay, these were the four that popped up in my mind. So if you have others, feel free. We love it. Feel free. Want to hear from you. I'm I'm very curious to hear these next two folks. I'm very curious to hear about, from Aaron Boone, okay, and from Brian Cashman, especially on, you know what we need, guys? You have to give me... Um, this is this is me talking to my producers on the air. You, you you can listen in. You know I need guys. I need a garbage can sound effect with banging. You can take it from any of the audio from Houston in 2017. It'll be great. And any any game from Houston in 2017 that has audio, you know, because I want to use that from time to time. Anyway, here's what here's what Aaron Boone had to say when he was asked. Uh, is cheating a worse problem than fans think in baseball? Listen to, listen to the Yankee skipper. I think for a long time, te- teams, we've all been kind of guarded against the unknown of what, what exactly is going on out, out there, you know, especially with the, you know, the explosion of technology. Um, so hopefully, you know, we, we've put an end to this and, and kind of cut it off finally and, and obviously the penalties that have been handed down so far have been uh, very significant and hopefully we do act as a real deterrent and, and make our game better moving forward. Okay, here's Brian Cashman 
Yankee GM, did you have any idea of the extent of the cheating in baseball? Well, uh, you know, we've done our due diligence and, and have tried to do everything we could and have done everything we can to try to, you know, obviously protect our signs as much as possible. Uh, and we've continued to evolve over the course of time because of, you know, concerns. Um, you know, obviously baseball is now determined with the strong assistance of Mike Fires coming uh, forward being a whistleblower uh, to really shed a light on, you know, some of the things that were occurring down in Houston, clearly. So. Hmm. Interesting. 1-800-919-3776 on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN. Also at uh, ESPN underscore at the, I always get this messed up. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM on Twitter. Who is the next forever athlete? Some folks already have say New York City Johnny Blaze. I say Saquon Barkley or Giselle Matt Barzal of the Islanders. He's like, eh. he's like, eh. <laughs> also, Brandon Basilico says the Preds, meaning Jamal Adams. He thinks Jamal Adams is going to be the next forever New York athlete. What do you think? 1-800-919-3776. Sam's in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. What's going on, Larry? What's up, Sam? Uh, two quick points. One Go. about who's the next athlete and one about him. Um, yeah, so first I'm going to say is I, I think five players. As a Jet MF fan, I want, I think, maybe Sam Donald from Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. And also I, Pete Alonzo, of course. Mm-hmm. And how do you leave out back-to-back Cy Young winner Jake DeGrom? Because I only had four spots. I know, but still, he goes for Danny Dines. A and B, DeGrom is what, 30, 31? These guys are younger. You understand what I'm saying, Sam? Yeah, These guys Larry, are younger. So, Larry, so they have, they have more of an opportunity, Sam, Sam, to be that forever athlete because to be that forever athlete, you gotta have longevity. Larry, a couple of nights ago, you ended up your show saying about Tom Brady, where is he going to go? Yes. I thought, I tried to convince myself many times that he's going to leave New England, but it's not going to happen. It's just stupid. Why would he leave? There's no reason for him to leave. Everything he wants is there. He has, he could stay there for however long as he wants. If it goes wrong, it's whatever. If he goes to another place, everyone's going to be like, oh, if it goes wrong, oh, he goes to the to Chargers, he goes wrong, oh, it was all the system of Belichick. It wasn't Brady. Larry, have a great night. All right, Sam, thanks for the phone call. I don't think he's going anywhere either. But I do think if he comes back, he's going to want a little better support, a little better support system, especially at the wide receiver spot, because he had no support at the wide receiver spot other than Julian Edelman this year. Evans and Brentworth, what's up? You're next on 987 ESPN. How you doing, Larry? All right. The previous caller, the previous caller kind of stole my thunder. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yes, in the future, we do have Pete and Aaron. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think we have one right now, and that's Jacob DeGrom. And you look at his performance, and he's often overlooked because of his demeanor, mm-hmm. which is the same demeanor that Derek had, that Eli had. And so I think we have a forever athlete right now in Jacob DeGrom. Well, once again, Evan, thanks for the phone call. I hear what you're saying. He is a tremendous athlete who is and, – and all you guys, when you mention Jacob DeGrom, you remind me that here's a back-to-back Cy Young Award winner who – Combined has not won 25 games in the two years that he's won the, the Cy Young back to back. Okay? Hasn't. And so, and his age, I'm not trying to hold it against him, but it's about longevity. When you look at the forever athletes, okay, you look at them. Where if, let's say Jeter's a forever athlete. 20 years. 
Eli, 16 years of consistent, pretty consistent play. So, yeah, you know, Jacob DeGrom has had two phenomenal back-to-back years. As a Met fan, I love Jacob DeGrom. But going forward, is he go- am I going to think of him as a forever athlete? Maybe. Maybe if he if he can now put together, okay, I'll say this. If he puts together even in the next 5 if he gives me 3 Cy Youngs in the, in 5 years, I'm not going I'm not even going to try to give him 3 in a row. But if he gives me 3 Cy Youngs in 3 Cy Youngs in 5 years, I may have to I yeah, I got to change my how I think about it. I do. You know, unfortunately for him, you know, run support in a bad bullpen, you know, this it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough for him to be really acknowledged for the great pitcher that he's been. Danny's on the island. Danny, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, Larry. Not like starting a 16-hour shift with your with your cool tones on my airwaves. All right, Danny, listen, thank you for that. Talk to me. Listen, I, the, I, I would have to say it would be Aaron Judge because he's already assumed he's already assumed all-star superstar status. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is it's more likely to be none of the above because if you're talking about Jeter and Eli, they may be the only two guys in the past 30, 40 years. So the chances are none of these guys are going to be able to come close to replicating the door. Well, what, the I use them, Danny. Quarterback. Right, but I use them, Danny, as far as consistency and looking at the level of consistency they had over a period of time. So Correct. obviously they, I, they, you could be a forever athlete and not have to go 20 years. You could be a forever. It depends on what you accomplish during the time that you're there. So as I said, even with – um, even with Degrom, Danny, if he gets three Cy Youngs in five years, you got that changes the that changes the conversation. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer if he gets three in five years because baseball pitching pitchers can make the Hall of Fame for short uh, bursts of greatness, yes. like Sandy Koufax, yes. and other and other pitchers. They don't have to last seventeen years. They just have to like be dominant. I like to comment on Eli if I could. Sure, go ahead. You know, great soldier, great yep. human being, great citizen. You can't say a bad word about Eli. The debate about whether he's a Hall of Famer. I could argue it on either end of the spectrum because it's that close and it's that it's that art of a career. Mm-hmm. I, I was just talking to the screener. I said, you know, when I talk when you when I mention a Hall of Fame quarterback, I bet you could tell me the Hall of Fame receiver that he played for or he elevated. You, when you have a, a when you have a, a quarterback that played sixteen years, they elevate all these wide receivers to start him. Mm-hmm. Eli didn't elevate anybody to start him. He had a very mediocre career with the exception of two runs. There's no way of getting around that. And you can't just say every year he was on a bad team. Because for some reason, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Brady, even Phillip Rivers, they always were over 500 teams, got to the playoffs. Yes, they didn't win all the time. But the level of, to me, in quarterbacking, winning is is what counts. I mean, the guy for, for Cincinnati, who uh, the Red Rifle, he started for 10 years, mm-hmm. accumulated a lot of statistics. Never won a thing, but so he, but and I could turn around and say Eli won two Super Bowls with two great passes. Terry Bradshaw is not into the Hall of Fame because of the immaculate reception, and Eli should not get into the Hall of Fame because of that one play. It wasn't a great pass; it was a great play. You know, Terry but Bradshaw Danny, won- it's but Danny, what also gets him into the Hall of Fame is who he beat. He and beat he beat York. arguably what people are telling me is the greatest quarterback of all time in no, Tom well, Brady, not once he, but twice. I understand that, but he wasn't on the field against Tom Brady. The Giants' defense, and, and a, curl, a call earlier. But on Danny, the Danny, 
when did Justin Tuck go back with a fake handoff and throw it down the field for a touchdown? I keep hearing about the Giant defense. Yes, the Giant defense was phenomenal. There's no question about it. The Giant defense did not run one back for a score. The Giant defense could have been the Giant. What the Giants held them to 14 points, right? So if Eli doesn't, if they don't get any touchdowns, guess what? They lose 14 nothing. I could, I agree with what you're saying. I could argue it either way. But Eli, even if Eli had scored 35 points in those two Super Bowls each game, which he didn't. A week, an earlier caller, I don't know if it was your show or the last caller, said mm-hmm. the story of the NFL can't be written without Eli. Really? Does anybody remember Jim Plunkett? Is the NFL story with Bob Greasy? These are people that won two Super Bowls. Now, I could tell you that there may be seven or eight quarterbacks playing right now that are in the Hall of Fame. How many people from each era can be in the Hall of Fame? There was only three from the 70s. Bradshaw, Starback, and Stabler. That's it. So how can there be 10 playing now? It's because the rules are so designed for – is there 10 left tackles that are in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> no, no, not at not all. Be. But, but so, Danny, this is – it has evolved, and thanks for the phone call and, and the discussion. It was interesting. It, this, this era is now the era of the past. You're right. And when you talk about the, the, the receivers that he had, I mean, Victor Cruz, Steve Smith, Plexical Burst, here's the thing, okay? That giant team was not ba- – that was not their forte. And we talk Mario Manningham and all the other, you know, receivers he had. This was a run-the-ball, play-defense Giants team. This was run it left, run it up the middle, run it right, and then put the defense back on the field. That's Giants football. That's the way Giants football was. And you look at what he was able to do. So for me, and I understand your point. You could go back and forth. You're right. For me, it's that he came up big against two incredible teams, one that was flirting with destiny, being undefeated. And he beat them. He did his job. So for me, you beat those guys that to if there's a if there's a a borderline there and there is listen you look at his record a 500 record you know it's not great but still he beat an forever team in the Super Bowl counts for something you are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Throwback Thursday, Miss Jackson. I see you moving over there. Watch it. And on Twitter, at hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Now that Eli and CC are retired and Henrik is benched as the third in a third in a three goalie rotation. It's unbelievable. Who could be the next forever New York athlete? Now I came up with four. I feel free to add your own if they're not listed. I have Daniel Jones. Because everybody loves Dan. Giant fans love Daniel Jones. Love him. Love him. And I understand why. Great, a very accurate passer. Very accurate. He's got some fumble problems and whatnot, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But he's a rookie, so let's see what he's able to do. Pete Alonzo, who 
had an unbelievable rookie season for the Mets. Unbelievable. Sam Darnold, is he going to be that forever athlete? Or is it Aaron Judge of the Yankees? We'll update the poll in a minute. Let's go back to the phone to hear what you have to say. Let's talk to David in Queens. Hey, David, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry, thanks for having me. You got it, Dave. Um, I wanted to bring in three people that didn't start their careers exactly in New York. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, Garrett Cole was brought in for nine years. The Yankees clearly had a lot of confidence. So I think he, he would be an absolute ace. Could be. Go nine years and go strong, and he could probably be the next face of New York sports. Could be. Mm-hmm. And also um, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I mean, the injury situation hasn't been great, but after Durant comes back, when comes, if they really build their game, then they could probably probably make something out of themselves. What do you think? Uh, it's a possibility, David. Thanks for the phone call. Got to see them. Got to see what their success is going to be. Okay, can can they? And you're right. The availability is going to be an issue. Can they together? Put the Nets in a spot where they are championship contenders, because on paper they would be if they got them together with the nucleus and the supporting cast they have. You add a Kyrie Irving and a, and a Kevin Durant, that is a championship caliber team coming out of the East. There's no question about it. With the, as I mentioned, with the supporting cast. But then will they be able to do that? Will they have sustainable success while these two players are here? And what will they accomplish? That will go a long way in determining if either one of them could be a forever athlete. Cole is, a, is an interesting choice. It's what is his record going to be? How dominant is he going to be? And how many championships is he involved with for the Yankees to win? Because ultimately, a large part, not totally, but a large part of who the next forever New York athlete is going to be is his ability to win. You got to have you got to have jewelry. I have some hardware. That's a large part of it. That you help lead a team to victory and success. Billy's in Rockland. Hey, Billy, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Brother Larry, how's it going, man? What's up, partner? Long-time listener, first-time caller, man. It's always Welcome. Great hearing you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so I had two points. Um, one, uh, one about the Mets, one about the Giants. So mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the Mets hiring Rojas, how do you feel about like I know it'll be a little bit better with the with the rookies and the younger guys coming up because he has a little more like familiarity with them. Yep. But with the veterans and the older players, the, the constant turnover in the, in the management role over the past couple of years. How do you think that that's going to fare with their offense and defense and their schemes and everything? Well, that's going to be the, the question, Billy, because you're looking at a scenario here where he's brought in with you know other people's staff. It's not his chosen folks. These are Carlos Beltran's staff. That he was going to have here. So, you know, look, they're banking on the fact that he's familiar with the organization and some of these guys have have played for him and there's a comfort there. But as Carlin mentioned earlier and I mentioned last night, you know, when you're when you're the guy that players come talk to, you know, as the buffer, when, you know, they don't like being hit in the ninth position or, you know, they get pulled a lot and they're upset and they come talk to you. You know, you're the buffer. Now you're the guy. You're the guy making that decision. And I, I yeah. gave an analogy of this last night, Billy, and that was there was a player on the Knicks. Stu Jackson was an assistant coach under Rick Pitino. Okay? Yeah. And when Rick Pitino left, 
Stu moved into the head coaching spot. Stu was the guy that players talked to when they were unhappy with Rick Pitino. And this player oh. said to me point blank, I, so he thinks he's the boss, he's the boss now. So I'm supposed to re- change. What's he going to tell me what to do? Okay. Yeah, this I is at the point. You, you know what? So at a, at a different level like that. I have, I see what you mean. You know, so that's part of it. So listen, Billy, I hope it works out, man. I hope it works out. This is a team that's ready to win now. Okay. So I hope it works out. But personally, Billy, for me, um, I like, I like a guy who's got some hardware. Give me a manager yeah. who's won something. That's what exactly. I want. What's and your Giants a point? Something, a winning resume in the background. Exactly. What's your Giants point? Really, yeah, sorry, really quick on the Giants point. Now, I noticed uh, with, with, since the hire of Joe Judge, how do you feel? It feels like a lot of the, of the staff base hiring, aside from like Jason Garrett and the, their flirt with Bernie Kitchens, it feels like they're trying to make a, a Patriots 2.0 staff, it seems like. How do you feel about that? Billy, thanks for the phone call and the kind words. Every, every, <laughs> every guy that leaves Belichick is trying to make it a New England Patriots 2.0 staff. That's what they do. They want to bring that when, when Eric Mangini came here, he tried to make it a Patriots 2.0 staff. That's what they do. They, and here's the thing. And if Joe Judge, Joe Judge will be successful if he lives up to what he said in his, in his first press conference. And that is Joe Judge has got to be Joe Judge. He can't be Bill Belichick. He's got to be himself because what's a common complaint that you hear from players who play under the first year head coaches who have been with Bill Belichick? All this discipline. What? He thinks he's Bill Belichick because that's what they know. And there's an adjustment because they've coached under Bill Belichick, but they're not Bill Belichick. Okay. So it's going to take a lot, and they tried to be him, all right. And I and I I've told the story. Eric Mangini, my conversations with him and his press conferences. Eric Mangini is one of the smartest football minds around, hands down, no question, no question, no doubt. But the way he performed, the way he carried himself, the way you would know. You wouldn't know. The players believed in speaking on and off the record. Players said he doesn't care about us. He just wants to, you know, do that Belichick thing. That's how he, that's how his message was received by the players. Okay. Because he wasn't Eric Mangini. He needed to be, he was Eric Belichick. He can't be Eric Belichick or Bill Mangini. He's got to be Eric Mangini. And you take some of what you learn from Belichick, put it in your own words, and merge it with your philosophies of football. If Joe Judge does that, Joe Judge has a chance, with a little help from uh, Dave Gettleman, to be successful. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Let's update our poll for you. Okay, so here are the choices. Daniel Jones, 
has received 8.9% of the vote, as he could be the next forever New York athlete. Pete Alonzo, 21.1%. Sam Darnold, 14.4%. And Aaron Judge, leading right now at 55.6%. And I got to tell you, I thought about Aaron Judge a lot. And it's his availability that's that gives me concern. If he's available, he's got a very good chance to be that person. Because he's got, and Yankee fans know this, he's got similar traits in how he deals with the media like Derek Jeter. It's very similar. He's from the Jeter school. <laughs> it's a matter of him now being able to be productive being able to have availability, and yes, it's about him winning. Because winning championships and individual accolades together, that's what helps you become that next forever New York athlete. And Ryan Hurley, you are correct. Robinson Cano loves Luis Rojas. He said it already. He loves him. And the question is going to be, and it's always that way with the new manager. You, you still have to find out. You still wonder what happens. It's how do the troops respond when there's a problem? When it's, you know, the Mets have lost six in a row. How do the troops respond during time of problems? It's doggone that this bullpen keeps blowing games. We thought we had it fixed. How does the team how does the team stay together? And that's going to be the big issue for the new Mets skipper. How do you keep the ship afloat? I remember Willie Randolph saying to me years ago when he was managing the Mets that as manager, your players feed off you. So if you panic, they will panic. You have to be steady. You have to have Yes, if you're upset, you have to, you know, show them that you're upset. You have to show your emotion, but you can't show panic because they play off that. And so these are the things that Luis Rojas has to make sure he knows. Now, he's been around baseball. He's got a great – his family is very successful and knows the game. So there's no question about that. So he's a baseball guy. And once again, while, as I said – i rather have a guy that's got hardware that comes to the table to be my coach and manager. But in this case, under the situations and the constraints that the Mets had, if you're going to give me a guy who's familiar with the young players that you have on your team, then I got to ride with that. I got to ride with that and see what happens. Because here's what I know. If it doesn't work out, they'll find somebody else. And Buster only has already hinted that, um, you know, there could be a manager who could be available. After the garbage cans are put out, there's a manager who could be available next year who will be back that has some interest by the Mets. Interesting. Back to the phones. Larry's in Staten Island. Larry, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, I gotta say, you're the best sports guy on radio. You know, I appreciate I like that, Larry, and I and I like your name too. 
Yeah, <laughs> likewise. That, that, no, really, seriously, the thing I like about you, you listen to the people, which I like. You really do. That's I appreciate right. that, Lair. What you got That's for me, my friend? Special. You know, I, I don't want to bash Cheetah. I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. But how many players got 100% in baseball that got in? One. How many? Right. That's my point. Yeah. Rivera. One. Right? Okay, he's the crazy race that. Okay, I'm not throw some names at you. Now, Pete Rose didn't get in because of was it a gambling, which is a lot of BS. He didn't gamble as a player. Uh, to me, he was he was at the top three, four greatest of all time. Great hitter. Right. You, you, you got to put Babe Ruth in there. He didn't get in. Nope. Not Dimash, first. DiMaggio didn't, DiMaggio didn't get 100%. Williams, Mays, Mantle. Williams, Mays, the list goes Mantle. on. It goes exactly. on. Koufax, Drysdale, Koufax. Gibson. The list is endless. Right. And well, see, this well, is the well, issue, Larry. Go ahead. What, what I'm getting at is, Sheeta, although he's a great player, I, don't, I shouldn't say he don't – I don't like to use the word deserve or not because it's not right to use. I don't think he qualifies to get 100% because those guys didn't get it, you know? And, but and here's the only thing I'll say, Larry. Here's the only thing I'll say, and just hear me out on this. Is it – why should Jeter have to be penalized because somebody else made the mistake of not giving those guys 100%? Well, it's not penalized. I don't think it's penalized. It's a standard. I think it's a standard. You but know, those guys should have got 100%, Larry. Well, they didn't. That's why they, they somebody sometimes, maybe a, a writer saw a floor in somebody, uh, maybe. Well, no. I know. Larry. Larry. Now we can switch gears a second. We can go to football and say Eli was a great quarterback. Yes. Was he the greatest? No. Was he better than Dan Marino? No. Well, what makes a great quarterback a great quarterback? Is well, he but you know what, football football has a little yeah, different has a little yeah. different qualification for how they decide folks. They really decide right. folks based on how many people are eligible to get in at a certain time. So that's what really sways it that way. But go ahead. Well, hit me. I don't know. Like football, I mean, I mean, you got some great quarterbacks that never made it. Never got. I mean, didn't get the Super Bowls because mm-hmm. a guy like Dan Marino, he never had a great defense. No, nope. Dan Fouts. Look at Dan Fouts. Look at the offense he had. Great. He had Chuck, he had Chuck Muncie, John Jefferson, Charlie yep. Joyner, Kelly yep. Winslow. They yep. had the best offense of all time. No Absolutely. Defense. Yep. So if he had a if he had a defense like the Steelers, he'd have about three or four Super Bowls compared to maybe Bradshaw or somebody else. Yeah. So you know the only way you could really say who the greatest is when you go to individual sports like a Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. which to me is the guy that was, he's probably the greatest at the swimming club. I probably he's better better than Jack. I mean, because, mm. you know, I'm switching gears a lot here, but it's really hard to compare, you know, who really should be the best in the Hall of Fame and not because when you get into individual sports, you can compare. But when you get to team sports, there's so many variables. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right, Larry. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. That's why it used to be simple in baseball. 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, uh, 300 you know, innings or strikeouts, I forgot what it was for pitching. You're in. 300 wins. You're in. You're in. That was the criteria. Okay? It was very simple. Now, what pitchers are going to get the 300 wins? What starters are going to have 300 wins? <laughs> 500 home runs, you know, after the PED situation, 500 home runs were like, well, who, how do we know how they're getting these home runs? So all that has changed. So you're absolutely right. For me, listen, I just feel that so many people, so many writers just arbitrarily said that I'm not going to vote everybody in on on that ballot. 
I don't think it was a what was wrong with Ted Williams? Help me out. He's a four hundred hitter. What was wrong with Ted Williams that he shouldn't get a hundred percent vote in the Hall of Fame? Babe Ruth saved baseball. He couldn't be a hundred percent. What what did he do? Why? Because he ate hot dogs, too many hot dogs, and didn't play one day. What? And see, that's my ultimate curiosity. What does it take for you to get a hundred percent ballot first try? What does it take? Obviously, if I'm going to use the if I'm going to use the example of the only person to have succeeded to do that, which was Mariano Rivera. It means that it was somebody that was so dominant they changed the game. They they re they re he, he redefined what a closer was. I mean, you you go back what Bruce Sutter, Goose Gossage, Sparky Lyle. You go back to to those other relievers, seventies and eighties. These guys went three innings. They didn't just come in for one inning. Or, or four four outs or five outs. But now the game has become specialized. And during that era, nobody did it better than Mariano Rivera. So I guess the Hall of Fame is redefining what is a Hall of Famer as they go. Because, once again, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. If you're a pitcher, 300 victories. Those were the locks to get you into the Hall of Fame. Locks. And it still didn't guarantee you 100%. But at least you knew what you had to do to get there. 1-800-919-3776. Uzi's in Roslyn. Uzi, you're next on 98.7. Hey, I got two points. Uh, one about the Astros, but really quick about this forever New York uh, player. Yes. I don't know how you don't have... Um, oh, my God. His name just slipped my mind. On the Yankee shortstop. Glaber Torres? Glaber, yes. He is like, he is a, he, he, I mean, I love Aaron Judge, but this guy is a special player. He could he be. Really Uzi, I got four, I got four slots on Twitter, Uzi. I got four. That's why I said you could call it if it wasn't one of those four. All right, but listen, my point on the Astros is yes. I don't know how they don't put an asterisk next to their championship. I think it's a disgrace because. It's not as if maybe they were cheating. Like, they were cheating. It's a fact. They got caught. They got they got the punishment. But the fact that they get to keep, and you can't take away a championship. It's nonsense to say, oh, it didn't happen. But you know what? It should always show that that championship was tainted and it's acknowledged. I mean, I have a son who plays travel hockey. He's only 10 now. But how can I not tell him, you should cheat. If you think you'll get away with it, you should cheat. No, Uzi, that's what you don't do. You tell him you don't cheat because when you do, there's a penalty to pay. And these guys paid it a little bit. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Throwback Thursday on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight. Little chic. Everybody dance. Ooh, clap your hands, clap your hands. Everybody dance. Ooh, clap your hands, clap your hands. 
Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Let's get back to you on the phones and get your thoughts as you weigh in on uh, the next forever New York athlete. On our poll right now, Aaron Judge still leading at 53%. Pete Alonso is second at 24%. Uh, the two quarterbacks are battling it out. Sam, uh, Sam Donald at 15 and Daniel Jones at 10. Eric is in Yonkers and he joins us next on 98.7. What's up, E? Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Uh, so just about the Twitter poll question real quick and then I want to get into this Jeter thing. Mm-hmm. Forever New York athlete. You know, I think that's a tough one because listen, other than Jeter and, uh, Eli, you know, they've had the, you know, the luck almost to stay in New York their whole career. A lot of these players, man, they get older and they're shipping them out for younger talent. So I think that's going to be, I really don't think anyone on that list is going to last in New York the rest of their career. Uh, what do you think? You, you don't think maybe, maybe the quarterbacks will last? You think they're going to be shipped out too? I, I, you know what? I was thinking about that too. You know, quarterback maybe last, but. You know, look, Brady might end up in a, in a somewhere else. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? it's true. That's true, but he's so, but he's kind of but if, if under that scenario, which by the way, both New York fan bases of football would take, he would have already yeah. made his mark here. So he's going elsewhere. You know, you would you'd be the thing where you'd like to see him have his career here, like Jeter, like Eli. You'd like to see him have that, but you know, you're right. Sometimes they don't. But uh, yeah, and to the whole you know the Jeter thing. Listen, yes. Do I think he should have been unanimous? 100%. Do I think the guy who didn't vote for him was a Red Sox fan? 100%. But other than that, uh, you know, they, they were talking about look at his, look at certain stats. He never won a league MVP. You know, his war wasn't what it should be. Listen, oh, I can give you hundreds of stats that said he was, you know, three, three years in a row, silver slugger. It, it goes on. Uh, World Series MVP, All-Star Game MVP. But the one thing they're not talking about is, how this guy in New York City conducted himself class act for 20 years. I mean, that's got to mean something because you know as well as I do the baseball writers, if, if someone's got off-the-field stuff going on, they, it tends to keep them out. And the way he conducted himself in New York City, one of the toughest cities in the world to play in, and for your whole career to produce like he did and to carry himself like he did, to me, that's the one. That's, there's no question. Your first ballot. I agree, Eric. Thanks for the phone call. See, here's my thing. I want to know what it takes to be 100% unanimous. I want to know what's missing. What was missing from Jeter? What was missing from Willie Mays? What was missing from Babe Ruth? What was missing from Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale and Bob Gibson? What was missing from those guys? What was missing from Tom Seaver? What was missing from Ken Griffey Jr.? That they couldn't be unanimous. What was missing? What's the criteria? What does it take for you to go in unanimously? I'm guessing for Mariano because he redefined the position of closer. Okay, but that means that baseball shifted. That means that, you know, he was put in a position that would, that changed and evolved because of the way the game has evolved. Shortstop is shortstop. <laughs> you know, what, second baseman, second baseman. Catcher's catcher. You know, what, what is that? How's that going to be determined? And then when the DH, the next DH to go in, like Edgar Martinez finally got in. Okay. Who was a better DH than Edgar Martinez? 
You Yankee fans know during the 90s, during the heyday, how how much of a pain in the neck was he in that Seattle lineup along with Griffey and A-Rod? He defined the position. Why wasn't he 100% unanimous? I mean, what does it take? That's all I want to know. Then I can sit back and say, okay, oh, all right, so that's why Derek didn't get in. Oh, okay, so that's why Junior Griffey didn't get in. Oh, okay, so... You know, when when it comes up, that's why Mike Trout wasn't 100% unanimous. Oh, okay, because he didn't do this or he didn't do that. And and what about the intangibles that people have? Don't that count for anything? Chuck's in Long Island. What's up, Chuck? You're next on 98.7. Yeah, Larry. Um, listen, this is what I feel all along. Baseball has to do what football does. Football makes it easier. You know what they do? They just announced who got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. They don't say they don't say Lawrence Taylor got Lawrence Taylor's the greatest defensive player of all time. But the only have people arguing and going who didn't vote for LT. Who did? You know what? He was the first ballot Hall of Fame. That, that should be the criteria, and and that's how you separate people. Now I'm a big Eli Manning fan, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you this. And I'll tell you this. I don't think he deserves to go in first ballot. You know, in the NFL, they probably should make him wait a couple of years. He definitely deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. And when he gets in, I'll be happy. But guess what? When he's in there in Canton, his bust is going to be right alongside of, you know, Elway and Montana and all the great ones. So it doesn't matter at that point. So my point is this. I have never heard such bellyache in my whole life from Yankee fans about this one guy that didn't vote for Jeter. My point is this. You just said it. What's the criteria? Baseball ruined it a long time ago. Bottom line is, when you don't put Babe Ruth in with 100%, what writers will, I'd love to see the writers back then and go, Babe Ruth, let's see, what has this guy done? And then say, you know what, not this year. Let's go another year with Babe Ruth. If, the second they did that with Babe Ruth, the whole thing is a sham. So my point is, baseball should just scrap this whole percentage thing and just say, look, Jeter went in as a first ballot, and that, that's all you need to know. You don't know the percentages. You don't need to know the idiots who didn't vote for him. Uh, and, and that's it. Because now it's become a joke, and baseball does this a lot. Football gets it right most of the time when it comes to the Hall of Fame. They do. And you know what I like about football, what they Mm -hmm. do, is they stress um, championships and winning. That's a big thing. And that's why all the people who hate Eli out there, you know, you had a previous call that said something that's ridiculous. Take away the two Super Bowls. You, You know, football doesn't do that. Football's the opposite. Look at all the Steelers that got in the Super Bowl, that got in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. that were members of four Super Bowls. Now, I grew up, I watched Lin Swan. I thought he, he wowed me in the Super Bowls, right? But I remember regular seasons, though, with Lin Swan. John Stallworth was a better wide receiver on mm-hmm. that team. I mean, I, regular season, I'd taken him. Swan was flashy, but guess what? He belongs in the Hall of Fame because that's what pro football does. They reward that. Baseball is more traditional. You're right, Chuck. And thanks for the phone call. And Lynn Swan had big catches and big moments. And see, that's the other thing too, that people, that people don't remember and they, and they tend not, they tend to gloss over. It's what you do when the light shines brightest. Okay. And in those two Super Bowls, Eli was huge. So he's going to be rewarded for that. And I agree. I don't know if he's going to be. I don't. I don't think he has to be first ballot. He's going to get in. But I like what he had to say. Maybe it's time that we forget about this first ballot, second ballot. He didn't get in. All this other stuff. Maybe it's just time for them to say, "Hey, 
He got in the hall. Congratulations. Adam's on Long Island. Adam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Larry? What's up, uh, partner? I'm listener. Um, you know, I'm uh, from Long Island, New York, Bellows, New York. Um, but my, my comparison with, with Jeter and, and Eli's for the past five minutes, what I've been listening to from, from these callers, I agree with. Um, you know, I think, I think the whole unanimous um, voting of Jeter um, not getting not getting unanimous. I think that was just a cause of a bad fan, man. I mean, the guy, what he did for New York, um, bringing multiple championships, um, and that's why I saw. I think you could also compare Eli to Jeter, right? Um, you know, Eli without the two championships, like the guy said, is is not really a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, um, Jeter without those Hall of Fames, I think he still would be able to be a Hall of Fame, you know, player. But what I'm trying to say is about. Besides all that, what I'm trying to talk about a different comparison is, you know, you can't compare Eli and Jeter. I don't think at all because if you put, you know, in in the sense where like, you know, you have Daniel Jones and Glaber Torres. I'd rather have Glaber Glaber Torres take over Derek Jeter. Man, I think I think Glaber would have, you know, a better chance at you know, you know, reliving um, Jeter's you know, whole. Uh, you know, thing. I think I think you'd have a better chance of being a better player um, than Daniel Jones would be for. So you don't think Daniel Eli Jones has the possibility of being better than Eli Manning? Uh, he could be. Do you think Daniel Jones has a chance to be better than Eli Manning, like Labor Torres has a chance to be the next Derek Jeter per se? No, I don't. No, but I'm saying that I think Labor Torres has a better chance of being a better player than Daniel Jones. Okay, but. Does he have the ability to have the same effect on his team that Daniel Jones would have as a quarterback? Labor Torres, sure. Yes, yeah, he's on the Yankees. He's revolved around better players. Okay, but that, but that, but just because he's around better players, does that mean that he's going to have the same effect? I think so, because a, a positive team around him is going to make him a better person. But, but the, okay. But why did people say that Jeter was when people said Jeter was overrated? You know what they said. You know why they said it? Because he was on the Yankees and he had Tino Martinez and he had Paul O'Neill and he had all these people around him. So it was easier for him to be a better player because there were better players around him. So I'm saying to you that Daniel Jones, and thanks for the phone call, at the position of quarterback with, let's say, a Saquon Barkley running back and a couple of other players, he has the opportunity because he's playing a different game than Eli. He can move, he can run, he can do some things that Eli can't couldn't do. And now in the way the game is being played, he fits more to what the game is now. So he's got a chance to be pretty successful too. I'm not saying he's going to win two Super Bowls. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's got a chance to be pretty successful because of his style of play is more conducive to what the NFL is right now. Just like Eli's style of play was more conducive to what the NFL was then because they wanted quarterbacks that stood tall in the pocket and got the ball downfield. That's what they, that was the NFL, that was the NFL game. And by the way, if you could run the ball, that was great. Well, that's kind of what we are now, but we require our quarterback to be more mobile, to buy time, to do some things, to run if he needs to. And that's what Daniel Jones can do, better than what Eli could do ever at Eli's career. And once again, I'm comparing 
Eli and Jeter's length of their careers. I'm not comparing one to be an to would one be a, a Hall of Famer if the other one if if Eli didn't win two Super Bowls. That's not what I said. I was just comparing the years that they played, and I was making the point that longevity is important. Not saying you have to play 20 years or 18 years, but longevity is important if you're going to be a forever New York athlete. It just is. You got to be available. You got to be able to play. And you can't take the two you can't take the two championships away from Eli. This doesn't make any sense. Well, if Eli didn't have two, but he does. And that all goes into the the equation. And not only does he have two Super Bowl championships, he beat for a, a forever team in doing it. The Patriots were going to go undefeated for the first time since the Miami Dolphins in '72. The Dolphins were celebrating; they were jumping up and down when the when the Giants beat the Patriots because they're still the only undefeated team for a season, including the Super Bowl. So you can't take that away from him. I don't know why you're trying. He's got two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. So you can't turn around and say, well, you know, if he didn't have it. But he does. <laughs> you can't, you're not saying, well, if Jeter didn't have five, five championships, <laughs> he does. That's all part of the resume. I mean, when you went on your job, you didn't say, you know what? Um, I want this job, but, why last work? Take that off the resume. I don't want that on there. No, you didn't do that. It's all part of it. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>